Oh, hello there. Welcome to Poet Waffle, episode 24, with me, Daniel Cockrell, where I invite a poet around my house for an intimate chat. And during that chat, we explore the visceral space between fact and fiction, which I believe is more of a feeling where poets use their emotions to navigate the world and hopefully reveal certain truths that are neglected by those other fields. And it gives me great pleasure to welcome into the Waffle Shed. We have a poet, a comedian, a maker of theatre, a podcaster. Yeah. Uh, it's Claire Whitefield. Hello, Dan. Thank you for having me. That's all right. Thanks for coming. That's a lovely intro. It's quite nice to hear we're all sort of racked up side by side. What's that? What do you mean? What's well, the... just like I don't know. Poet. Oh, what, you? Yeah. Your your list. Yeah, my of list. Things. My list of who. My list of who I am. Yeah. Do you... or what I do. Yeah. Do you recognise yourself with those things? You think, oh yeah, that's uh... the poet. The poet one, yes, definitely. Because I've written, been writing poetry since I was tiny, yeah, a wee child. Comedian is a new identity. Brilliant! I've seen, Literally I've seen you do your two week old identity. Is that it? Yeah, I've seen. So I saw the live thing that you posted. Yeah, it was good. It was. It was. If Thank it, you. Um, <laughs> Story, it's a storytelling style yeah. that suits you, yeah. which reminded me a bit like the 80s and 90s comedians who tell like a little ramble, stories, like a, like a Bill Hicks, okay. not as aggressive as Bill Hicks, yeah, no. letting you, but, uh, you know, tell the, tell, like a Robin Williams, tell the story. This is high praise, this is high praise indeed, if only, but I think what I found d- difficult about comedy, because I think I'm most proud, of everything I've done, I am most proud of that five minute comedy set. Oh yeah. Phenomenally so, because I think before I did it, I just thought, I, I think what I found so difficult about comedy was it's not just the writing and it's not just the fact that you have to land gags and make jokes in such quick succession. You've got to write it. You've then got to like make sure the jokes land. And then the hardest bit, you have to perform it really naturally yeah, yeah. and really at ease. And that completely stumped me. I, I just before I went on I was like I can't I just I've no I, I can't be natural with this stuff like I know it too well I wrote it I just couldn't find a way in and then somehow it all came together at the last minute but literally until my like foot like stood on the stage I was like I just don't know how this is gonna but that was down. your first one did you how did you rehearse it did you rehearse it to yourself or to other people or what did See, you do one of my secret weapons is the fact that my sister who I'm living with at the moment is an actor so I often think should 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 we ever sell where we're living that our living room will reverberate with all the scripts that we've uh, ever like you so know she does to you like, yeah what well, I do to oh, her okay. so we oh, help okay. each other prep so she's much more used to me than I am to her like she's she's a trained actor she you know she continues to like study theatre um, so her notes are always really incisive. And she's also oh, really okay. she's also really critical. So yeah, oh, she'll she'll, she'll 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 really put me through my paces. But she is my secret weapon. I think I were be you a... doing that when you were kids, when you were little? Were you playing acting out stuff, and you've just carried on? Yeah, I to your well definitely. But I think it was more collaborative. Much more, like nobody was the nobody had enough knowledge to say. I really think you should just go back. Can you just pop out from the curtain a little <laughs> bit different, or uh, you know, the, the wise man doesn't say it like that. Like it wasn't like. But as we've got older, and I think yeah, like. And she's she brings so much skill to the table. I'd be a fool. Yeah, yeah. So thank you, Susie. I will always be indebted to you for helping. What me. about the the 
the the stories that within it are they real are they partly real are they overheard overheard what, what stories I t- what, I t- what i talk about in yeah, my yeah. set so are they based on, wholly on what you're going through yeah or, so, so, so that's the, good the, so the thing that went that so i the majority of my set for those that haven't listened to it and you can see it if you follow me on instagram is i i did jokes about trying to choose a sperm donor which is something that i have been going through and that is the power of comedy because trust me i have not been laughing my way through the process <laughs> at all i mean choosing a sperm donor is 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 quite a thing quite a thing to do and i and i'm just really glad that the apps have emptied out any kind of romance from trying to choose a potential does partner does it show any faces on well this is what i was talking about i don't know if you got that far in the set though. oh I, I saw the whole set did you see the whole set okay no 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 that's fine it. so one of the things that I find most difficult is I'm looking to buy from Denmark because I said in my set I want I want warrior sperm I want sperm that know how to navigate well because they've got to go the you know the equivalent of a hundred lengths of an Olympic swimming pool, but the catalogs and I think this is a, some sick marketing going on because although these are all adult males donating every profile pic is of them as a baby, and that is a mind like it's almost did like you the, say that yeah the, I did okay, say that I did I did I did, that. I did I did say that that every profile pic is of them as a baby. And it's almost just like, um, you know, don't don't think about the sperm in a cup. Don't think about the sperm in the cup. Just focus on the baby. Focus on the baby. Focus on the baby. You want a baby that looks like this. Don't think about the rest of it. So I think it's a really sick marketing gimmick that, and you have to pay extra for the adult photos. Oh. Like, and, and that is not, it's not, as I said, it's, That's it's not. That's really odd. It's really odd. And it's not like adult photos mean saucy or that it turns into OnlyFans. You just get a sort of, quite a very sort of like um, corporate headshot. Yeah, yeah. Of the of, of the of the of the man concerned, but I'm just incredibly grateful. And do that, they show? You, that, do they tell you like hit rates of this man has donated this, this many this many, this many times, sperm, or how many times are they allowed to donate? Um, it differs per ver- like in America, it's like as many as you want, as many times as you want. But in the UK, there are restrictions that mean um, you could only. Uh, a donor could only create up to ten families, so that doesn't necessarily mean just ten. And then you, then it stops. And then it stops. Oh, wow. so it's not a career choice. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's definitely not a career choice. But that's, but that's also like you don't get. I mean, considering how much it costs to purchase sperm, it's thousands and thousands. Yeah, of yeah, pounds. No, yeah. I mean, because my ears pricked up at that point. You were like, hang on a minute, could this be a side hustle? I, was um, like, well, I need money. <laughs> you only get expenses, unfortunately. I thought you said it was two grand. Yeah, for me to buy it. Not that's not what you get for me to buy it off a sperm bank. It's about it's, no it's up way. to two so k. So it's a so you con. might get you might get thirty five quid in a cup of tea. No way, I can't. It's no, it's, it's, it's it's it's. I was thinking, oh, you 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 get a good chunk of that. You get fifty percent. Sorry, mate. No, it it, it screws us all. Oh, I no. pay I pay too much for it, and you don't get enough for it. So, um, yeah. So, oh no, I think you need to go the route of finding mates. Finding mates to do it. I think so. And then paying them. <laughs> or maybe not. If they're good mates. I think if they're, if, they're, if, they're, if they're good mates. But then the other thing is, yeah, that, that takes you down the whole co-parenting thing and who want who wants rights and, you know, and, and, and legally and, yeah. you know. I mean, so. that is the thing, isn't it? It's like, if you've done it ten times, you've had ten hits and you've got ten kids, maybe more if they're twins. Yeah. And you're like, Oh wow, that would be. You've got a lot of people. You might even meet them. Yeah. They might be serving you at McDonald's. But one that's day. the thing. But you do. But most in the UK as well, you have to have. Um, I can't. I can't. Is, is it called ID consent or? Um, I want to say donor reveal. It's not called that. But basically, at eighteen, you have the right to 
to meet who your donor was and 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 I think to you don't you can't be an anonymous donor in the UK is basically my point so and then it does you, it happen through IVF or does it happen yeah. the other way um IVF because I'm old so it will yeah. be it will be IVF which is yeah so we because we yeah of course we had yeah. IVF. yeah so that yeah that's uh so to have someone else's sperm and yeah that would that's hard, man. It's a big deal. It's that been a it's deal. been a it's been a really emotional um, it's been a really emotional journey to get to this because I've you know I've had loads of rounds of like egg collection as well, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I've done loads of rounds of hormones. I mean, it's horrific as well, isn't it? It is. It's like being on a bad trip for a month of various yeah, flavors. Yeah. I don't know what it was like for it was for, horrific for, no, your, so for your for Gina, Gina when she was going through. We were going through the process and. In the first one, we said, if this doesn't work, we won't do it again. Yeah. It was that bad. Yeah. I said, we won't do it. It's yeah. not worth it. I yeah. said, we'll, we'll do find something another else. Way. And I guess that's the point that I've got to after five rounds of doing it. And Have you done five? I've done five rounds, yeah. Wow. Not back to back. I did two last, I did two during the pandemic. Mm. Um, and that's, that was one. That's the only way in that my life was disrupted at all, really, by the pandemic, was that I had to delay my fertility treatment. And, but, you know, I did two rounds during the pandemic. I did a round last year. I did two rounds this year just to gather enough. Because when you get older, you don't have as many eggs. So, yeah, I, yeah. you know, and, and so, yeah, I've had to, you know, gather a collection of eggs. to. God, well, well done. Because yeah. um, Julian, who has a, a bit of input to this podcast, yeah. he, and oh, I hope he doesn't mind me saying it, yeah. him and his, uh, Charlotte, his, his wife, went through a lot of rounds. Of, and yeah. now they have a beautiful yeah. Otis in their life. A beautiful Otis. Who keeps them up. Yeah, sleep for, sleep for, deprivation. Yeah, yeah. forever, and yeah. It, I think they've got it really busy, but you know it doesn't. But I, th- but I think there comes a po- but I think there comes a point as well because also. I did fertilize a load of eggs and it didn't work, so I've already gone through like one. I hate the language associated with it, but you know it's a sort of like failed a failed round and it didn't work, and so, I've gone again and and it and. It, and it's interesting to kind of work out like where your cutoff point is. Like I wouldn't do any more rounds of egg collecting, and if and if I fertilize more eggs now and it doesn't work, like yeah, what you know. But what it, it's made me it's made me te- doing this whole process has made me tear up so many conventional narratives of where I thought I'd be in my life. Oh, like, yeah, you know, yeah. um, I never imagined I'd be doing this single. I never imagined I'd be doing it this late in my life. But also what I realise is that like everything is as, meant, it's as it is meant to be. Like I'm in the right place for me. And, and this journey, however difficult it has been, and it has really taken me to some like really mentally tough, emotionally tough, dark places, I'm really grateful for it. Because one of the things that it's made me realise is it's given me like, greater reverence for all life including my own because mm. you realize like how incredible it is that any of us are here because it could be so uh, so easily otherwise a different sperm a different egg a different person you might not be here or and just I know, isn't it uh i heard some i don't know if this is right but it was something like one trillion to a trillion yeah. to one yeah that you're even here yeah 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 that it's just you've already so, you've already just... won this is yeah. This is the prize in the game show that you get to be wandering yeah. around in this world, in this moment, in time, experiencing like this, all this. Like this. As conscious, yeah, like, yeah. like this. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, and my heart goes out to any woman that has to go through fertility treatment because it's it's gruelling. And the oh, meds yeah. as well, like as I was saying, yeah, the meds the meds are just a trip in itself. Yeah. 
and then physically how it affects you and mentally and cognitively and but I know that I would never have been able to do it if if it hadn't been during the pandemic just because the physical toll it takes on your body yeah so I was quite grateful to be working from home and yeah I didn't expect to be discussing fertility on this, Dan, but I'm very glad that well, we are. Well, you know, we, it's like, it's just what's been happening. It is just uh, what's been happening. It's what's you been going and, on in my through, life. Through, I was yeah, just wondering about your, you know, the story in your comedy. And then it turns out, you know, so yeah. you're finding humour in something yeah. that's pretty, yeah. you know, uh, mentally you know, gruelling, yeah. isn't it? But I think I, ha- I had to, like, even when I was, even when I was doing it, I was, there are so many things about it that are so perverse, like, the baby pictures when you're when you when you're buying sperm like I, I said it's like I like I can't it's a pretty massive fucking mental leap to press add to basket and buy sperm from a toddler like cognitively you're like yeah, I just yeah, none yeah, of this yeah, is yeah. matching up right now and um but don't all kids look are they little are that how how old are the kids you well, see on the picture that's the thing isn't it like all babies are meant to look like their dads so no I think all babies look the same do you think all they, babies they, look they the same they all look like aliens don't they Oh, maybe that's why I've been struggling so much because they all look like, they I, all I, like when I look at my boys when they were, I don't remember them looking like that when they were so when really? they were, I was just like wow yeah. they're so amazing so beautiful. but I'm sure everyone's like look at those bald little yeah yeah, 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 yeah. now when I was like yeah they were they, like funny looking little yeah, things funny little you know? sort of like wizened tiny old men faces yeah as yeah well. my yeah. Tip, but but you I love know. them I you love well them. I was gonna, uh, the other thing I was going to ask you about was uh, from your point because you're doing an a podcast, yeah, which is getting a bit of traction, yeah, yeah. Um, it's called Talking with Cancer, yeah, Talking with and Cancer, and you're you're doing it with your friend Katie, yeah, yeah. Who's yeah, so my friend Katie got diagnosed with thyroid cancer, quite a rare and complicated form of thyroid cancer, in February, and when I found out, I was like, oh, I was devastated, and I was like, what can I do? to help you and there's that sort of immediate response I was like I want to send something I want to take food around like yeah, yeah. you know how do I how do I support you and she said you know it would be really good is if we could just speak every week you could just do it over zoom and because I'm f- she's she said she was finding retelling her story or updating friends and family really exhausting to keep retelling like where she was in her treatment yeah. waiting for diagnosis and she was like if we can just talk and then I've got an audio, I've got a record for myself and then an audio diary that I can just send around to people so that they're updated. And so we started doing that back in February and 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 then, you know, the response to it was really positive. And then Katie decided that it should become a podcast. Mm. So, yeah, we, we have five episodes in. Although, it really works. Yeah. Do, it really yeah, works, yeah. I think, because I think what's so unusual about it is that you're eavesdropping on two friends talking, mm, and there's exactly, an there's yeah. an intimacy there that I don't think you get otherwise. Like with someone that you don't know, like if it was just a different interviewer. Yeah, no, exactly. And you're you're sort of you you sort of drop down faster. I yeah, think. no, you get that sense that because she's Katie comes across as very outgoing. Yeah. And so, but she's confided in yeah, you. Yeah, that's it, isn't and it? And she's yeah. really open because yeah. she's like just having a chat with you yeah but Claire this 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 and this yeah that, then the thing I was going to ask was how's how's it affect you emotionally because I think if I was doing if I was doing it my yeah. best mate who's got cancer and I'm talking it I'd just be like oh, I'd be like a wreck yeah and are you are you able to uh put that aside or it's you're quite you know you're I think when we started out I, I just desperately wanted to do something in service of Katie and mm. that was always my aim that I was like if this is helpful to you let's do it I want to support you and 
I also think initially, at least for a few episodes in, I was in shock. I was really mm. in shock myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took me a really long time to come to terms with the fact that this is happening and it's happening to her. And this is my friend who I've known, like... I met her at the Edinburgh Festival, like, in 2000 and... I can't think when, 2003. So, like, we've known each other, like, 20-odd years. Mm. long. We've worked together and, you know, confided in each other, you know, about everything across those 20 years. And... And it has affected me emotionally. And... Because it couldn't... It couldn't not. But I think... There is part of me that is there in a, in a sort of journalistic capacity as well. Mm. And, and it is both a sort of journalistic... I know Katie's found it very cathartic, but part of it has been, like as well as, I think, a therapeutic space. And and, and for me as well, you, you sort of... And I'm, and I'm rubbish at active listening, you know, when you let somebody else speak. I'm rubbish mm. at that. But through this process, I've actually learned how to receive people properly and listen to them and doing the podcast with Katie has been some of the most present I think I've ever been in my life like listening to someone tell their story and creating space for them to do it and I'm really I'm really proud of what we've created together and and more because <clears throat> it's a testimony to her of how, how brilliant and how courageous and but in all areas of her life not in, I mean including this but not just including this she is really vocal she is really open she's one of the most assertive people I know she's always known how to stand up for herself. She's always known how to advocate for herself. And I, I really admire that quality. And to see her bring it into this part of her life, yeah, it's been really an amazing thing to do. The thing about it is, though, like, we don't know the yeah. the ending or outcome. And I'm like, so what? Yeah. Even from the first yeah. episode, I was like, oh, my God, you... You, you just don't, don't, you don't know. know what's going to happen. Yeah. Somebody said that as well. It's like we've unintentionally built cliffhangers into, <laughs> into every no, it's episode. No, it's the biggest cliffhanger. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, oh my God, now, now I've listened to three of them. Yeah. Like, I'm going to, I've got to go. And like, oh, what's going on? Kate, like, tell us. Yeah. And then it's going to be awful or brilliant. Yeah, or, yeah, and yeah. that's terrible. Yeah. Isn't that terrifying? Yeah. Yeah. But I have a lot yeah, of, yeah. I have a lot of hope. I have a lot of hope. Yeah, yeah. Knowing Katie the way I do, I think she's going to be fine. I do think she's going to be fine. She's got a great team. She's got she's well resourced. She's well loved. She's got an amazing husband, incredible friends and family. Mm. She's at the Royal Marsden, which is a world leading, mm. um, you know, cancer treatment hospital, and she's also got incredible fire and spirit. And yeah, she it sounds like she's kicking ass. Yeah. When people. Yeah, are yeah, exactly. No, up. no messing. Yeah, no yeah. messing. Yeah. yeah. The, so you mentioned meeting her at the Edinburgh Festival. Yeah. So I think. One of the reasons I wanted to talk to you on this podcast and I've always admired about you, you're an artist who has a full-time job because you're clever enough to do that and then you'll do a month in yeah. <laughs> in Edinburgh. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, how do you do that? Why do you, what's, did you choose that? Is that, is that the... The what the thing that works for you? Well, or you, you just... say it's because I'm clever enough to have a full time job. I actually think it's I'm not creative enough to be a full time <laughs> artist. So you know, like it, it's from the outside looking in and all the inside looking out, whatever. Um, well, I made a. I think. I think I threw myself into my creative life after sort of in my late. Well, I'd always done it, but I threw myself into it um, in my late twenties, early thirties because I had a lot of family members that were really sick and it made me realise that like life is very short and mm. it's for the taking and what did I want to do? So 
I quit my job. I quit a job. Probably getting the long version. I quit a job and I went off to India and I trained to be a yoga teacher. And then when I came back, I was like, well, I can't work full time. And so I, I just freelanced and I would freelance for nine months and then take three months off to do a show in Edinburgh and and do it like that. But I looked at it very much as like being my own patron. Like somebody had to fund this work and Mm. and I, if I couldn't get arts council funding or, you know, I'd have to find the money from somewhere that said all the debt I still have is from doing shows in Edinburgh. (laughs) So it's not like a, it's not like a fail safe financial model, but I, um, but I think it, I would love to be a full-time artist and a full-time creative, but I, I, I think I don't have the, I don't think I could create at the velocity needed to sustain a, to mm. sustain a career. Does it give you freedom though? Cause you, if you're yes. backing it yourself, you'd be like, I can do, I'm the financier yeah. here. I yeah. can do this. Yeah, it does. It does give me, it does give me, it does give me freedom. I, I think what creative freedom. Mm. Yeah, 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 definitely. And, and also, I don't know. I think it's interesting now because, like, I haven't had a I haven't had a full time job since I was in my uh, late twenties. I haven't had a full time job for like the last thirteen years, and I'm and I now have a like a proper full time job, and it, I don't know. It's just an interesting way to to lit to lit to live. Like, um, I just got very used to in my thirties to having sort of like not having no money and to like yeah. putting everything <clears throat> into my into my art and yeah so um but I'm still but I but again saying I'm really proud of the comedy the show that I made and I took to Edinburgh again like when I'm on my deathbed I will be so glad that I that I did that yeah 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 these quick and it's interesting like you know it's my creative achievements my extracurricular creative achievements like a five-minute comedy set that I'm ridiculously proud of, or having. Yeah. To, it's not my, and it's this is a kind of interesting thing as well. It's not like I have a professional career, but I, I don't know, like my sense of achievement and my sense of self and where I draw my pride from is in my creative life. In your work, yeah, yeah. yeah my, well, not my work, work, but your, my, your creative, my creative work. work. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I yeah. when I use work, I'm, I forget that I'm. You know, <laughs> can't even get a you, job you forget that you're one of the lucky ones that is well there, yeah. you know or or you were saying that you know at the start oh, i'm not creative enough i said oh you're the clever one who could yeah I, I think the only reason that i'm in this position because i actually i'm absolutely useless at everything <laughs> and so there wasn't any choice there wasn't any choice and it, yeah. it's just like oh what am i going to do it's like, yeah well and even that then, now because lockdown came and things had changed, that even that is now like, oh my god, reality's hit home. Yeah. And we were a bit like, oh, I, I wished I had trained as a gardener. Yeah. Well, during <laughs> like, during lockdown, or, no, or like just pro- any time time prior. When I was eighteen. Yeah. And did something like that. Yeah. Because now I'm like, well, what have I got? What have I got? What skills do I actually have? You have a like, ton of skills, don't yeah, you? Yeah, but I just, I like, you don't, you can't yeah. work with people. But you did for years. <laughs> you you taught, didn't you? You did poetry, did you, you did, you taught, you did poetry in school for years, no? Yeah, I did that for so a you, long time. Yeah. And I was really good at it, but I was, it made me really ill. Yes, yeah. So I didn't, uh, I don't miss it. I can't, and I went back for a bit doing yeah. it. Went back, and then, I have, I have a, a real problem with, uh, 
authority. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And it, and it just, yep. so as soon as something goes wrong or there's some conflict, I'm, I throw my You're toys. You're like, this is not for me. I'm like, I'm not, no, I'm doing it like this. I'm or not, we're not kowtowing. Or we're not yeah. doing it at all. And they're like, where's well, the okay, compromise? Yeah, like, yeah. see you later. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, off. Yeah. And it's terrible. Tearing the, burning the contract on I know, yeah, out. no. Yeah. And it's, it's not a way to live really. And, yeah, Gina's like, what? You've done that? You've, you've done... just jacked it in. Like, you've just like you've that. done it again. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, because I, otherwise... At I least was, I'm consistent. I was going <laughs> to, yeah. I was going to burn the school down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I left before I committed arson. Um, yeah. Uh, so how, how's, um, how's the world for you since the pandemic and going back to... Do you think it's strange or do you think it's... You know, yeah. You... I... I thought I was fine about missing two years of my life mm. but there is a little bit of grief that is set in now or I'm aware of loss that things I missed out on things I would have liked to have done and didn't yeah, do yeah. and people I missed seeing and and you don't get those two years back and then and then also <laughs> the absolute atrophying of my social skills yeah yeah like I, I was genuinely worried at the beginning of this year I was like I don't know how to talk to people yeah. anymore I can't have small talk. I find other people exhausting. Yeah, yeah. And how do you even get back into this? And and I think what I also realised is not that, like, I ever numbed out, like, you know, but I realised just a busy life can keep you quite numb to yourself, to what's really going on. Yeah, yeah. And all the time in the pandemic, sort of by myself, like, I lived by myself for the first two pandemics. In the first pandemic, I didn't see anyone I knew for about six weeks. Um, and yeah. that was really strange. I spent so much time by myself and I worked out that I am an introvert and I really love my own company. And so reintegrating myself and being with people has been quite strange. And the world isn't back to normal. No. It's just not. Like, and, and I also think that what I find so strange is that even when I go out now, I feel like I'm walking onto a set. Because I realise it can all so easily, someone can just say, cut or out over, and that every, everything that you think of as life is just the wheels of capitalism churning and it can all just finish like that. No, so because the the acting thing of being in a in a you know in an environment people hey, like oh this is how I'm going to behave in this environment. So mm. I, I would do that almost perfectly like yeah, to do, yeah. and then when I got home I was like god that was exhausting. <laughs> I don't really want to do that. Yeah. And then because lockdown came you realized oh I don't never I was really ne- like going out never anyway. Like, yeah, I'm really yeah. happy here. Yeah. yeah. And then Going to the supermarket, just it's just like a, a, a place that everyone's really scared. You know, so there's some people still wearing Wear masks because they're scared they're going to catch something. And then there's people scared to put food into their trolleys because it's going to cost too much. Yeah, yeah. And then the checkout assistants are scared they're going to lose their job because everyone's beeping. Yeah, beeping their, stuff uh, and they're not stopping. And they're, and they're also, all the checkouts are closing and they're all just becoming automated. And I'm like, this is such a surreal experience yeah. now. Whereas before it used to be, you know, you had to, you were forced to go to the checkout person yeah. and have a chat about, Anything. you know, what was going through yeah, your, yeah. into your basket. And now everyone... But I feel like they're the kind of like the Robin Hoods at the checkout assistants now. Yeah. Like I've had, I've had yeah. people wave me through. And they're going, like, oh, just don't worry about it. And I've been like, oh, wow, okay. And I kind of think, wow, that's that's really kind of decent of you. Um, and But, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, sort of out of the frying pan and into the fire, to come out of the pandemic and then into a cost of living crisis, <laughs> a fuel crisis, a war. It's like, what? What karmically? Yeah. What Are they karmic- doing it on purpose? Yes. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, exactly. 
So um, I think um, I think it's a good point in the the show, Claire. Yeah. Uh, to ask you something that we call the big question. Dun, dun, dun. So we're going to move to the poet waffle big question. So Claire, you've gone for your big question, which is: Do you think it's good to express anger? Yeah. How are you going to approach? Do you do you think it's good to express anger? I. Now, I have to be... I, I've overthought this quite a lot. And mm. I feel I need to begin this with what I... what. Y- y- yes, I do think it's good to express anger, but I need yeah. to be quite clear about what kind of anger I mean. Yeah. And I don't mean sort of... Um, I don't know. Incel violence and tearing up a school mm. or, you know, punching someone for no reason mm. or any kind of, like, verbal abuse or physical abuse or anything like that. But I think for me... And I've got a poem which will illuminate, might illuminate this if okay. I feel like reading it. But yeah. I think I have never been able to access anger. It's almost like when I stood in the queue to come down to planet Earth, they went, they didn't tick the box. They oh, didn't so get you anger. don't have anger? No, I don't have it. Oh. But I don't have it. I've never been able to access it. I don't get mad. And I really wish I had access to that emotion because I think... It would have meant that I would had been would have been better able to stand up for myself when I was younger. I think yeah, I would yeah. might have felt more fiery. I think I might have felt more certain and less insecure and less anxiety ridden, and and also just to create. I think anger, if it's assertive, because also anger is like a fight or flight response. Like it, it it's there because you feel under threat, and I think if I'd have had it when I was younger, I think I just. It, I just mean it in a sort of like it creates a sort of self-protective like you can't push me around or like no I don't agree rather than I think I absorbed a lot of other people's anger and didn't and never really learned to kind of push push back so I think I say that from position of someone that rather than getting and I write this here rather than getting mad when back when sad when troubling things happened or if I was bullied or I just got sad right and I think anger can be self-preserving rather than when anger... I think... I, I read this summer and I wish I... And I've, I wish I'd held on to the quote, but I don't remember it. But it was like, anger involuted, sort of turned in on yourself, becomes depression. And I've had depression for, well, I, for, for, for quite a lot of my life. And I think if I'd have had anger as a fire to burn off some of that sadness, or, you know, just some of the malaise that crept in then maybe I wouldn't have struggled so much with my mental health if I'd have had that yeah, yeah. sort of angry fire. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, i am got a lot... I think I've got a lot of anger. Yeah. And I suppress it quite well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't think it's... Uh, yeah, I'm not sure it's a good thing. Yeah, no, I'm, I get I'm, it, with, I get it, with I get you, it. With you, I, like, with the, I've got... The, the jealousy box I don't get jealous I don't do you know so I, I don't that's have the handy je- that's I don't handy you didn't get that tick box. box yeah 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 so I'm like oh, and I'm, feeling, I'm sure I must have felt it at some point yeah yeah I don't but anger yeah there's time I lose it do quite, you see I would time. love to just I would love to just like have a, have a massive fucking raging wobbler no. And then, but then learn how to recover from that and then put the pieces back in place and like, but I've never yeah, yeah. given myself the licence just to fucking blow up and like I saw a meme that said um, there's only two types of um, emotion yeah. and everything, every, every other. Yes. So it, it was like love 
and fear. Mm. So all the other emotions are like there's primary la- and secondary are, are emotions. Lack of, yeah. Either lack of love or fearful. Yeah. So anger can come from those two things, can't they? So yeah. if you're fearful of something, you're like yeah, you're, ready. you're ready to yeah. fight. Yeah. Or if you've you, you lack love and empathy. You, you're, you, you're, you know, you're that person who's also loses it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Don't know if that's true, but I thought it's like a meme. It's like, yeah. oh, it sounds yeah, good. Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. But, but it is true. There is something in that. Like, I, and I was trying to read about it before I came on because I was like, you're going to talk about this, Claire. You need some authority. But reading a Wikipedia, Wikipedia page isn't going to give me any authority. But um, yeah, like anger is a is a secondary is a secondary emotion. And what you were saying, it's a response to something. Yeah, it's yeah. It's not like a. I always so liked. Fear, uh, I always liked. Yeah. Um, what's you know Johnny Lydon's. He he's got that line. Anger is an energy, and that like he repeats that. Yeah. I like. I yeah. always like that. Yeah. Because I thought, yeah, I yeah. Like, but anger is an know. energy. But if you don't attach anything to it, and you would, you were able to just let it come through you and out, you know, like mm. like like feelings, like lean into what you feel, and it all passes. I think yeah. it's good if you've got controlled anger about things that are really wrong in society yeah. and you're able to change things from yeah. it, then that, it's got to be really that's good, That's also what it? I was thinking in the poems. If it's directionless. Yeah. Let's hear the poem. Let's hear the poem then. Yeah, let's, okay, hear, so let's hear the poem. Okay. I, should say is, that... I don't think... Has anyone else read a poem? I've got a feeling... Oh, the only other person who might have read a poem is John Hegley. Oh, my on. God. <laughs> so no, no pressure. No worries. No worries. <laughs> Okay. Um, uh, okay. Um, okay. So this is just a poem about uh, my relationship to anger. You'd be more likely to get a poem than a punch from me. A few scribbled lines or a shit sandwich for lunch. There's no Vesuvius inside waiting to explode. No chucking out brawl on the road. No smashed glass or slam doors. No inciting verbal wars. When God gave me a palette of emotions, He left out angry red. I got all the blues though. Blue black melancholia, dark navy depression, Delft blue downers, but no red. No choleric fire for hire when I needed it, and instead of getting mad, I just got sad. I wish I could have pushed back, shouted, got cross, rage, said this far and no further. I wish I could have blazed, not vanished for days, lost so far deep in myself, it would take years to get out. I think anger could have saved me, made me an unmessable with Medusa, fearsome, legendary, to be avoided. If I could have shot back, stopped people in their tracks, called an angry army forth to encircle and protect me, instead of retreating. Anger is the face of injustice, Roe versus Wade when you are your government's betrayed, anger when it should be safe to walk home at night. So call on your thunderous good anger, this sleeping giant that will do battle for you, striding out of a forest to defend you, ancient and here to do what's right. <laughs> Very nice. I, I think uh, having uh, listened to that and heard what you said, it, you, it's almost like some people got too much anger. Yeah. Some people, and some people and don't. You, I probably you probably don't appreciate. I would never appreciate. You never see my the, ang- the, the good side the of good having, side of your having anger. the anger. And also, what you were saying about like that, there is right. There is there is when only anger will do. Like in the face of like incredible injustice. Um, you need to feel that fire, and it can be fuel to keep you go. You know, fuel to keep you going, and 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 to wage the fight and to bring about change. And so I think it's a vital. See, I I haven't got the. Uh, you haven't got the protest. No, you haven't got the protest anger. No, no. but I, no, I've got the. No, I haven't got the the sort of intelligence to attack what the government's doing right. by getting things changed. Yeah. But if you know Boris Johnson was to walk into my garden now, I'm on him. Yeah, you know, I'd love to give him a few short punches in the face. Yeah. You know, I'm you know, but 
No one can get that close. No one can, no one can get that close. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Well, it's been really, it's been really lovely. Make sure uh, you go and listen to Claire's and Katie's. What's Katie's surname? Where do you want the Instagram? The Instagram handle. Katie, Katie's Katie Phillips. But Katie Phillips it's, it's, and the the Talking with Cancer. Yeah, the podcast, podcast. is Talking with Cancer, and the Instagram um, is Talking underscore with Cancer. Yep, go and listen to that because it's a really good one and you're probably going to get hooked <laughs> in and everyone's going to be on tender hook because it, mm. um, it can only grow. That's the problem. So you're going to get listeners come in and yeah. once they've listened, they're like, yeah. oh no, we've got... Because yeah, yeah, you end up... You know, I don't know Katie. Now I, I know, think you're and invested. Now like, yeah. And now I'm like, oh no, Katie... Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Where are you now? Where why did I? Why did I? Li- why did I listen yeah, to the yeah. first one? <laughs> well, that's good because I think it means you care, and I think it's created by somebody that cares. But you know, I'm there with someone that cares very much, cares deeply about her. So to draw someone else into that world is. Um... Do you have a favourite podcast? I love Blind Boy Boat Club. Oh, oh Blind Boy. Blind Boy. Blind Boy podcast, yeah, yeah. yes. I was going to say exactly the same one. He's the the one, isn't he? Honestly. He's the best. He has changed my life. I enjoy that podcast so much. I'm I'm on his Patreon. I pay for it because I'm like, this is invaluable. I'd pay more. It's amazing, isn't it? I I love his hot takes. I love his view on the world. He's taught me more about Irish history than I'd ever yeah. known. It's it's really interesting. And history in general. And history in general yeah. and how he pieces the world together. He has got such an extraordinary ability, like combinatorial creativity yeah, and how he pulls brilliant. things together. It's all the things I love in the work. Like he talks about art. Yeah. He talks about philosophy. Yeah. He talks about mental health. Yeah. So you're just like, okay. And, his mental and he health, pulls it all yeah, together. And his mental health podcast, I think, he's done more, Incredible. I think, to help like young yeah, men yeah. Um, understand their own mental health and women but uh yeah and, and so insightful yeah brilliant go and listen to the blind yeah. boy podcast blind, if yeah. you don't know it yeah get in on well it. i'm sure everyone knows it because yeah. it is the best i think it's the best podcast out there yeah ever. without doubt without doubt i mean a bit of genius i think yeah yeah very much touched by genius yeah, yeah. fantastic um i think that's about it really thanks so much for coming along thank you very much for having me it's, it's been like a real short treat. sweet but lovely um I don't know. I don't know. I've, I haven't done this for so long. I've forgotten how how I even, ending? how do I end the podcast. I think I end it by saying um, I've been Dan Cockrell, and you've been Claire Whitefield, uh, and we'll see you again next time. Thanks very much. Poet Waffle was written and presented by Daniel Cockrell. Original concept by Jack White. Music and audio production by Julian Ward. Artwork by Damien Wayhill, and technical support from Laurie Eaves.